but I'm real with them. And I love when they come back and tell me, because like, for instance, I'm always preparing them for some type of test, even if it's just a test to get into the workforce. I'm always preparing them for, to take some type of test in life. And so I love when they come back and say, Miss Parker, Miss Parker, you remember those vocab words you gave us that had nothing to do with nothing? Mm-hmm. I recognize that word on that Scantron test and I thought of you and I got that one right because I thought about what you said. Hey, y'all. I'm Jen. I'm a daughter, a sister, an auntie, a niece, a cousin, and a friend. And I love pineapples on pizza, spending all day in Disneyland, shopping for bargains on Amazon, and all things literacy. I'm a Jesus girl. I love people, and I love hearing their stories. In fact, that's what I'm doing here, sharing stories with powerful lessons to encourage us, empower us to keep moving forward, and to remind us that God has our back. I can't wait for you to hear these stories. Why don't you go ahead and join us for a story worth living? There's a Chinese proverb that says, if you are planning for a year, sow rice. If you are planning for a decade, plant trees. If you're planning for a lifetime, educate people. We don't often recognize the ripple effect from those initial deposits that teachers make in the life of a child, a young adult, or even an adult, whatever his or her stage of learning is. And the process of education starts with people who understand that what happens in the classroom will have lasting impacts. As teachers, we don't always get to see the complete fruit of our labors long-term, but we sure get some amazing glimpses along the way. And that fuels our passion to continue doing what we have been inspired to do. It is my distinct pleasure to have Akila Parker join us for this Epic Educators episode. I met Akila a few years back at church. She chose to volunteer some of her time tutoring in our after-school program sometime after that. She was a tremendous blessing in that capacity. I actually remember when she landed her first official teaching position in Huntsville City Schools because she posted about it on her Facebook page. I was so excited for her because I knew that she was ready to teach and really wanted this. And since then, I've been following her hilarious and inspiring anecdotes and stories and experiences on social media straight out of her teaching experiences since she's been in the classroom. Those kids she taught and those kids that she teaches were and are definitely blessed to sit under her instruction. Akila is a fourth year teacher in Huntsville City Schools, and that's in Huntsville, Alabama. She's taught in middle and high school and currently wields her craft in English and language arts at Lee High School. Please join me in welcoming and honoring this local superhero who doesn't wear a cape. I just want to know who is Akila Parker? Well, Akila Parker is a mom, a, a mom of about almost 13 years, a wife of about 14-ish, 14 years or so, um, a friend, a sister, a daughter, um, and just like a lover of life. That's really it. I love um, everything that I have going on right now, especially 
um, teaching and, and just being able to spend time with my kids. Um, this, this pandemic has not been all bad um, on the family side of things at all. I currently teach at Lehigh School, 12th grade. Um, I taught, I did my, actually did my student teaching there. So I kind of like, I was very partial to Lee from the beginning. Um, it's, there's something, we always say family, you know, that whole hashtag and all that, you know, cute stuff, but like, it's real life. Like there are no kids. Like I've never met any other kids, like the kids that I've come across at Lee. Um, so I knew back when I was in college doing my internship, my student teaching, that if they gave me a chance that I would eventually want to be there. Um, and so I, but prior to that, um, well, actually I, my first year, I was actually in working the drive-through at McDonald's <laughs> at McDonald's when they called me. Um, <laughs> and so I was head over like, listen, you couldn't tell me nothing in that drive-through. I went and got my job. I didn't tell anybody. <laughs> I went back to work. I'm like, I'm gonna finish what I started because I need this money. And, you know, unemployment is not cutting it. So, but in, in three weeks, when school starts, I'm out. And so Lee gave me that opportunity in 2017. Um, prior to that, I was just subbing at my children's school um, at Williams Elementary. Um, but I've always been known that I wanted to do secondary. Secondary, I could not bear to do little kids all the time. Like I wouldn't be able to be in the, the primary grades. I did a stint at ASFL middle school, that was middle school, um, seventh and eighth grade. And then in between 2017, so I started leave 2017 and 18, 2019, they sent me away to Challenger Middle. So it's not all bad. It's not all bad. I had good and bad experiences, but I'll take away the good. And they asked me to come back last summer. So I'm back. I collaborate with the other teachers in different grades. Um, we always, we want to collaborate. Like we want to say, okay, I'm going to prepare them for this. So when they get to your class, they'll be ready for this. So I have, I'm big on writing. Anybody who knows, who knows me will tell you, oh, Parker's going to make them write. My teacher, the teachers in the grades under me, they're big on reading, literacy, those type things. So they prepare them for all of that. And so by the time they get to me, we about to get some genius writers. So yeah, that, that is my, my area of specialty for sure. Wow. Um, I'm curious as to why, how did you even get to thinking about wanting to teach? Like, where did that even come from? You know, I actually, um, as long as I can remember, I wanted to be a teacher. Somewhere along the way, I lost the desire, um, I guess, into my teenage years, because believe it or not, school was just not my thing. When I say school, I mean, high school. By the time I got to high school, I was playing around and all of that. But I did, I met a um, my 10th grade English teacher, Miss Moss. And she was feisty. Ooh, she was feisty. She had an attitude. She didn't play. But she had a side to her that was very sensitive and soft and just reasonable and open-minded. And so she actually took me under her wing and she's like, you don't scare me. You don't bother me. You're not going to get on my nerves. And I know your mom's number. And I'm like, this lady actually cares. And so she wrote me this nice note in my, my yearbook at the end of my 12th grade year. And she was like, you can go and be anything you want to be because I see it. And I still keep in touch with her to this day. She, she motivated me and I, I guess made me reach 
or realized, I should say, my full potential, I sent her flowers on Valentine's Day because that's my girl and, and she put the fire there. I didn't start this journey until I was 23 years old. So that time lapsed. I graduated at 17. Um, I turned 18 in August. And for five years, odds and end jobs, just pushing wheelchairs and drive throughs bookstores, campus bookstores, all types of stuff. Worked on a college campus, but would not enroll. <laughs> would not set foot in a classroom. Just was not my thing, was not my, was not my path. Um, but at 23, I had, I decided, well, and I'll be honest, I'll be very honest. I had gone at 18, my mom made me go to junior college. She made me go. And I'm like, okay, I'll go because she wants me to go. The second year, I did okay at that first college. The second year, I transferred to go down to Georgia Southern with my sister and my best friend. I did nothing. I flunked out. And my mom was like, okay, so you got to come back home, but you have to get a job and you need a plan. And honestly, I had done so bad. I had done so bad at um, down at Georgia Southern that I was on academic probation. I was kicked out and couldn't go anywhere. And so I started brainstorming and I started, I got with my youth group at uh, Berean in, in uh, Atlanta and they were just motivating me, pouring into me. Melanie, Melanie's a big one. Like she was like, you got to do something, friend. <laughs> you got to do something. And so she like literally put me in her car and brought me down here to Huntsville and was like, we about to enroll my girl. You know how she is. We about to enroll my girl in college. And she got her aunt at the registrar's office or whatever, records office, I don't know, one of them offices at Oakwood. And um, they had me in there within a day before we got back to Atlanta. I was more than likely accepted. So this wasn't always the, the journey. It was just like, once I realized, you know what, I can go to college, somebody's going to pay for it. Um, then this is what I want to do. So I'm going to have to talk about your mama. I'm going to have to. And only because you brought it up. When I say that was the hardest, but the best time of my life. Um, and it, it prepared me for who I am today as a teacher. And I'm, I'll tell you why. So when I first started out, I'll be honest, I was elementary ed. That's when I realized that, you know, small children were just not my ministry. Um, I had a math class and that's also not a strong suit. And I walked into a math class and the teacher was, I got there late because I was lost. And I walked in and the teacher was like, she had an attitude and um, I'm like, I, do, I already don't like math. And then I come in and I have to deal with it. I went straight to freshman, um, the freshman advisory hall thing. I'm like, what can I choose as a major? Cause this is not it. And so she started laughing, uh, Miss Jacob, she started laughing and she's like, what happened? And I'm like, I cannot, I will not, I shall not. And um, she said, okay, we got to sit down and figure out what you're good at, right? And so we did that. And so she looked at my transcripts from before and she's like, she looked at high school. She's like, you know, you're really good in English. If you just want to be a teacher, you're really good in English. And I'm like, I always have been though. So she was like, well, it's a no brainer. Do you, do you feel like you want to work with children for the rest of your life or, you know, whatever the questions were. And I'm like, yeah, if that's how you pick a career, then let's do that. But I'm not doing that math. <laughs> they don't teach you everything that you need in college. You know, you get those, you know, ed psych 
classes and you know how to deal with like Bloom's taxonomy and Maslow's hierarchy, all those different things. And it's like, when are we gonna get to that? Cause this, you know, this is not, <laughs> this is not what I was prepared for, but um, you, you know, you automatically think when you come in, oh, I'm gonna have my teacher bag ready and in my car the night before, I'm gonna have my heels on and my outfit laid out. It was just not that type of party at all. The initial impression was like, I was like, these are not the same kids from 1998 when I graduated or 1985 when I started kindergarten. This was a whole new ball game. Um, there was a lot of paperwork. There was a lot to deal with as far as, you know, kids on the spectrum. Um, with inclusion, there was just so much going on at one time. So you, I, I'm like, at this point, this is gonna really show me what I'm made of. The first day, I remember a coworker coming by to check on me. Um, I had a connection there, a friend there. She's my mentor and my good friend. She would check on me and then she introduced me to the other coworkers and this guy came and checked on me and he said, so first day, how you feel? And you know, I breathed a sigh of relief because it was three o'clock and the bell had rung. And I said, you know, I think I'll come back tomorrow. And it was at that moment that I'm like, I can do this. Like, I've prayed to be here. Like, I might not be all the way prepared, but everything that I prayed, like, I literally had to cry out to God, like, what else do you want from me? Because I'm 27, 28, 29 years old going into my 30s, and I still don't have a job that I, that I like, you know? And so it was at that moment that I'm like, this is, I, I'm finally where I prayed to be. So I just have to make the best of it. So I'm gonna talk about the pandemic first. When I tell you the, it, what, March 13th, we went on our little hiatus and we didn't return. We returned to get our stuff that following Monday. And then we had spring break. I think we had a weekend then we had spring break or something like that. And then we started. I ended up on the phone with so many different people down at the district because my very first day, I was so excited to see my kids after about three or four weeks, right? Um, seventh grade kids are not the same um, as, <laughs> you know, the other kids. <laughs> but the seventh grade kids, they were like excited, like, hi, Miss Parker, you know? And so I'm just like, oh, yeah, we're going to go live. We're going to get on Zoom or Teams, whatever it is. I want to see your face. So I was going to get on and read them a story like we did, you know, in class, you know. And as soon as I got on, I got hacked. And everything is just gone. Like my computer is still in the, in the uh, Huntsville PD at, down at Huntsville at the police station because uh, there's an investigation. But I was so ready to see their faces again and, and, you know, pick up. I went through so much anxiety because of that and that alone, the superintendent and the, all of her, you know, people and the police department people and the IT people were like, well, look at it this way, Ms. Parker, there's nothing you could have done different. Um, nobody's prepared for this, but when you come out on the other side, at least you'll be very well versed with how to use technology. And I'm like, okay, well, that's a good way to look at it, but it doesn't make me feel better right now. But I went through my process. Uh, my principal, so much grace. She's just like, you know what? Post an assignment every day on your new, on, I had a longer computer. Just post the assignment. You don't have to go live for the rest of the year. Take care of you and just grade their work. And I got whatever you need. And she did. She was, she was awesome. Pre-pandemic, it looks nothing like, I'm. 
the things we take for granted, right? I miss just being able to just simply fist bump with them and hug and share food and, you know, just have our little powwow sessions and things like that. We're close, you know, so close. Um, I don't meet a stranger, one, but two, you know, I make them feel like we're family when they walk into my classroom. And so those little things that we take for granted, I wish to God we were able to do those things now. You know, my last, my largest class now is four students. My largest, my smallest is one. And we, we make it work. It's awkward and it's weird at first, but we make it work. And he comes every day. <laughs> he doesn't miss the day. So we just have to roll with it, right? So it, it's a lot different, but I, I promise when school goes back to being normal, I won't take any of that for granted anymore. Sometimes when, I'll be honest, you teach at a black school, especially with girls, you have that, she got an attitude. I don't like her. You know how we can be. And you know, we groom them early. We get them real early. We, we start out early sometimes with the rolling necks and just that whole mentality sometimes. And so a lot of times I am, I guess, perceived wrong. like. Um, if I'm not smiling, then I might, you know, be deemed as having an attitude or I might, um, look standoffish or unapproachable, you know, that type situation. And so I heard all types of stuff about me my first year in the high school setting. Oh, she got a bad attitude. Her attitude is trash. No, I'm just quiet. And if you, if I don't teach you, then you won't, you don't know me now. Now I will say this. As I got comfortable, I, I reached out to make everybody else comfortable. So now I have babies, babies and, and, and fake grandbabies who I didn't even teach their parents. I remember just being by myself all the time, like um, pep rallies. Oh, I'm being by myself because I've always been that way. I'm okay being by myself. Um, but I remember so unsuspecting. We had a pep rally and I remember the cheerleading sponsor, coach, whatever she is. She's a friend of mine now, but she called my name on the microphone and was like, come get your crown. And I'm like, my crown? And how dare y'all put me? Like, I'm, I'm not the type that wants the attention. Like, believe it or not, on Facebook, I can be completely extroverted and just crazy, but I'll get in person and be so shy, quiet, and reserved until I get to, you know, fill you out or just kind of know my surroundings. And so I'm like, they put me on the spot. Where, where am I going? I had to go to the center of the floor. They voted me like homecoming sweetheart teacher or something like the children had no idea that they even liked me enough to do that. You know what I'm saying? And so that kind of just made me, it was a, towards the end of the year, but it kind of reaffirmed everything that I had, that I was insecure about that entire year or unsure about, you know? And I'm like, so these kids do like me, you know? Um, so yeah, that, that kind of just sealed the deal as far as the relationship side of things with the students, that, that did it for me. Words of affirmation and things, that's my love language for sure. Getting the kids motivated. Um, you know, I'm fair. I like to pride myself on being, we're gonna have fun, but I'm gonna be stern and I'm gonna be fair. I pride myself in that because you know, 
what you see is what you get for sure. But at the same time, I'm not a pushover. And I never want my kindness to be taken for weakness or my silliness to be taken for weakness. We're going to laugh and have a good time. But at the end of the day, we're working and we're going to get it done. And we're going to earn everything. Like Miss Parker is not going to give you anything. And so I have a hard time sometimes motivating them um, to do what they're supposed to do. You know, we'll get cool or whatever, as they say. and um, they'll think, oh, she got me. No, she don't. <laughs> you got you. <laughs> and so you're going to earn whatever you get. So I hate when they get too comfortable, if that makes sense. When they come in thinking that it's going to be something that it's not, don't ever get comfortable, ever. When I read The Outsiders to them, we had to read The Outsiders. That's on the curriculum. That's not anything that I came up with. I had never read it, but I'm glad I did now. My, one of my favorite books and I had a parent she came for me so tough I would never let my child read this and you're exposing them to this and and the curse words and and they're drinking and they're smoking cigarettes at 15 and I'm like ma'am do you realize like this is um what is it fiction and so I had luckily I don't know how she knew she must have been on my Facebook page but there was this lady the counselor she's I, you know what she saw my laptop sticker my Oakwood sticker and she said, well, Ms. Parker, just come to my office and I'm going to tell you what's going on. But I had to work hard for you last night. And I'm like, well, what happened? And she said, I told him that you're an SDA Christian. <laughs> you wouldn't dare. <laughs> not, not a regular Christian, an SDA Christian. She said, you're an SDA Christian and you wouldn't dare expose those kids to anything. You don't drink or smoke because you're Seventh-day Adventist because I've done my research. And I'm like, well, you're right. I am SDA. <laughs> and I do not smoke and drink, smoke or drink either. However, what, what's going on? And so, you know, seventh grade, middle school, those children, I'm like, yeah, Lord, anytime you're ready to get me back to high school, I'm ready to rock. And, and sure enough, my former principal, current principal now, he called me like, hey, you ready? So yeah, I was beyond ready. Yeah. So you really, you like that high school. You like that. No, that I wouldn't trade that. I, I don't, I wouldn't trade that mm -hmm. for anything. I love it. So if you had to encourage someone who's, who is training to be a teacher or thinking about being a teacher, what, what would you tell them? Oh, honey, 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 honey. So being, being serious, being serious. I hear so many people they always tell me, oh, you're so lucky. You're so lucky. You get holidays and summers and mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Because you don't understand what we got to do to get those. You don't understand how, you know, and I'm not going into my paycheck because it's not about that. But my, my encouragement would be if you're doing it for those summers often, don't do it. Find something else. Find something else. And the reason I say that is because if you're in it just to make money, we, you know, honestly, Jennifer, we'll never get rich off of this. I will never be rich and famous being a teacher. So with that being said, if all you're looking for is just to be able to spend time with your family on spring break, fall break, you know, Easter, okay, summer, all those different things, then this is not the move for you. This is not the career for you. Um, kids, and, and I don't want to sound cliche or like all these memes we share, but they really don't care how much you know, so they know how much you care. And that's real. I post that every time it comes back around in my memories because it's so real. The, we look at the news. We look at the state of education. 
from DC all the way just locally, right? We look at all those things and we get discouraged and it's like, but like my mom says, I was like, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. You know, school shootings and all those bullying, you know, all those different things. I can't imagine being anywhere else. So make sure that it's really something that you want to do. Make sure you've done other things because listen, my customer service job, my cashier job at McDonald's taught me soft skills, people skills, and any other skill that I need to deal with these students, these parents, my bosses, their bosses, and their bosses. But just make sure that you're in it for the outcome versus the income, because I promise we ain't never going to get rich. <laughs> you said something that, that, that stuck out to me, and, and you're right. Um, you do have to be there for the, for the, out, the outcome. like I don't know how people teach and stay in teaching for years if you're not if your motivation is not coming from being with these kids and helping them learn and helping them grow like seriously I don't who does that right right I have heard heard co-workers talk so bad not current co-workers but in the past co-workers talk about kids so bad I'm like girl get out these kids way and leave them alone and and let free them up for somebody who like kids because clearly that's not you you know I don't care what kind of day I started out having it always turns turns out for the for the best or the better so it's just that it's a it's always a pick-me-up but as far as I guess on the academic side of things you know and I was I was going to talk about your mom real quick I remember being in her class and I you know Jennifer I'm just going to be all the way honest I would go to her class so unprepared. And she taught me one time, don't come back unprepared. She knew when I didn't read. She knew when I hadn't prepared or read that short story or that long story or that book like that she assigned for me to read. And, but what she did, what she did appreciate is that when she gave me an assignment or it was time to have that open dialogue or a discussion, I could hold my own in a conversation. And she'd be like, well, you know, she called me David, she called me Akila, she called me Keila, whatever, anything that she felt like calling me affectionately um, at the time, she would say, but thank you for contributing to my discussion. She knew though, she could always just, like with my papers, I would write, I would write for her. And she would be, she would write, literally write on my paper in her green pen, what is this? And then when I, she would give it back, and she would say, now, girl, you know, if you know, I'm not going to take this. Go back and read. And no other professor would give you a second chance. But go back and read and do this. Do this over and bring it back to me. And don't bring it back to me till it's right. How am I going to know if it's right? Oh, you're going to know if it's right. So for me, I try, and I don't try to be like Dr. Patterson. But I think it's just there. I make sure I don't write in my red pen and I write in my green pen or whatever color she was using. It was not red. Um, but I'm real with them. And I love when they come back and tell me, because like, for instance, I'm per- always preparing them for some type of test. Even if it's just a test to get into the workforce, I'm always preparing them for to take some type of test in life. And so I love when they come back and say, Miss Parker, Miss Parker, you remember those vocab words you gave us that had nothing to do with nothing? Mm-hmm. I recognize that word on that Scantron test and I thought of you and I got that one right because I thought about what you said because I'm always giving them test taking tips. I don't tell them, hey, 
here is what you do. Here is what you need to know. Study this. I tell them how to find the right answer. That's what I teach them. Process of elimination, common sense, no second guessing, context clues. I teach them all of those things. And I love when they come back and tell me, I thought about you or I passed this because of you. The most memorable moment. I think this is better than the winning because that winning is just not everything. I left, didn't want to leave. Like, I'll be honest. I cried when it was time for me to go to middle school because that just wasn't my thing. But the blessing of it all was I was able to get be with my son starting sixth grade. My daughter was able to go to the school because it was P through eight. So there was a blessing in all of it, right? The day that I got there, she, my principal called an uh, emergency faculty meeting after school for like first day stuff, you know, just to go over first day stuff, first week stuff. And I'm like getting text messages from my, you know, my former coworkers um, all at once. And so I open it and they're like, congratulations, 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 girl, you rock. And so I'm like bombarded. I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? So I'm sitting there trying to stay contained. And I finally clicked on one of the messages and it was like this, this gift with balloons and things. And they were like, you got the test scores from failing because we were on the failing schools list. You got the reading, the, the, the test scores in reading from a failing grade up to a C and that state report card. And they were like, I'm so sorry you had to go, but we just would not, we would be remiss if we didn't let you know that you did that. And I'm like, words of affirmation, there we are again. So I'm like, Lord, thank you. Because I'm like, my purpose was just that. Didn't know I was going to do it. Didn't know I was going to do it, but I'm preparing them for life. Not just taking tests, but taking tests to get through life and life's tests. And we did it. And then I had to leave. But here I am full circle, do hopefully doing it again. So that's one of my, that's my most memorable moment. You know, I, when I wake up in the morning, sometimes, and it's Monday, like today, it's hard. Um, I always tell myself, you know, it could be worse. You could be waking up to an alarm clock at 530, getting ready to go clocking and mop the floor like you were doing one, two, three, four summers ago. Or you could be going to clock in at a job that you hate, that you had for about 11 years in customer service, um, where you couldn't be yourself. You, you were never right. You could never, you know, um, be honest without being reprimanded. Um, so I always tell myself, you know, it could be worse. Um, so that's really it. I'm like, Lord, I go back to that, Lord, this is what I prayed for. And not to be cliche, but do you remember when you prayed to be where you are now? That That is my motivation every morning. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it. And I really don't hate Mondays anymore. I haven't hated a Monday in about five years because of it. I am thankful for teachers like you mm -hmm. who actually mm -hmm. want to be there, who care, mm. um, who are putting in the work. People don't always know. Um, they don't always understand. They don't see they don't. the big picture. They don't know the stories. So thank you so much for just being willing to just open up and share a little bit of your experience and for sharing your teaching stories worth living. I really appreciate it. I'm so looking forward to sharing more stories with you, to connect with you, challenge you, and energize you. 
Stories create environments where we can learn valuable insights from each other's experiences. They represent our collective pain, joy, fear, faith, best days and worst days. They unite us, teach us, challenge us, delight us, and enable us to convey messages of hope in a complicated world. There's something to learn from someone else's story. They are countless lessons of faith, hope, and love. So why not take some time to consider your own story, then join us again for another story worth living.